A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. So Neil Humphreys with me as we talk pop culture. This is a, a song that we know very well from years past. Terence Trent Darby by Wishing Well from 1987, Neil. We're going to talk about Terence Trent Darby's iconic career, interesting career, but it's the 30th anniversary, not of that great album that uh, we introduced him uh, to the world, but from the album that really ruined his career, the 30th anniversary, The Fall of Grace of Terence Trent Darby, when he released the album Neither Fish Nor Flesh, which was completely panned by the critics. And and you and I will remember both living in the UK in that period, in that 87, 88 period, just how big Terence Trent Darby was. He was everywhere. He was like Rick Astley. It was him. It was Kylie Minogue. And he was just getting hit after hit. Jason, he was bigger than that. He was on the Mount Olympus with Prince and Michael Jackson. Mm. Who said so? He did. (laughs) He said, I'm on Mount Olympus with Prince, Michael Jackson and George Michael. But, I I mean, he was right for that brief period, as you mentioned there, 87, 89. Singapore too, he was huge in Southeast Asia. He was the man. So much so that I only discovered yesterday, reading up on the guy, that he wasn't British because... Mm. He was omnipresent in Britain. He was everywhere. He was number one forever. You know, that first album he had, uh, what was it called? Introducing... Yeah, the Introducing the Hardline, according to Terence Trent Darby, released in July 1987. Singles, If You Let Me Stay, yep. Wishing Well, mm. Dance Little Sister, Sign Your Name. These are all incredibly big hits. I mean, both in the UK and the US. And he wrote them all. He produced them all. Yeah. And his voice was great. Great voice, great looking guy. He played, if not all, then certainly most of the instruments on the album. I know he's done that subsequently to his cost. Yeah. But he's, he, he literally plays everything. He does all the arrangements, all the production. So there's a big ego there. Mm. But you're right. For that brief period, he was being photographed with Princess Diana mm, and, yeah. you know, the literal royalty and, and rock royalty like Mick Jagger and so on. He was the man for for a two-year brief period. He had the good-looking guy, long dreadlocks, yeah. very handsome man. Every woman wanted to sleep with him. Every man wanted to, <laughs> I was going to say, sleep with him as well. Admire you know, him. Be yeah, with yeah, him yeah. and so on and so on. He was the guy. But then, as you say, two-year, very small window, mm. arguably, arguably, one of the biggest pop stars on the planet. 100%. And then he fell off a cliff. Yeah, with this album, Neither Fish Nor Flesh. This is some of the uh, reviews that we'll, we'll read. Uh, this mm. is the Rolling Stone critic Mark Coleman said, Darby's effort to uh, put out this album fails to establish him as a visionary pop godhead. It does, however, demonstrate convincingly that he's far more than a mere legend in his own mind. <laughs> a sprawling, overly ambitious work that incorporates Middle Eastern flavorings and even more of a gospel influence into his gritty mix of funk and R&B. Just the critics hated this album, man. And he kind of disappeared off a cliff. But there's a reason, Jason. There is a very clear reason for why his album was panned, according to him. Mm. You see, I've got a list of daft things that he said, right? He said, these are his exact words. I read it in a Guardian interview. I happen to know there were a couple of people in very, very high places in the establishment who, like Zeus... Zeus, yeah. let's just clarify that, Zeus, the god, <laughs> were kind of amused at my little routine and it was working. Everyone was cashing in. But behind his back, more and more A-list stars were complaining about the tension he was getting. The other gods on Olympus 
were sending their managers to ask what's going on. The establishment had to do something about it because it couldn't have all the gods angry. Ooh. So the gods of music on Mount Olympus, so he's basically saying Michael Jackson, mm. Prince, George mm. Michael, whoever, went to their managers to complain that his god was taking up too much space on Mount Olympus. He said this sober, <laughs> not under the influence of any substances. He believes he was a god and he was pushed off of Mount Olympus. And you know what he also claimed? He claimed that his debut album, which admittedly was a very good album, that it was the most important album since the Beatles' Sgt. Peppers. <laughs> it did win the Grammy Award in March 1988 for the category Best R&B Vocal Performance Male. And the same year, it also earned a Soul Train Award for the Best New Artist. So it was an excellent album, but he got a bit ahead of himself, didn't he? He did. And again, there is a reason why he believes that album was the greatest album since Sgt. Pepper. Mm. It's all down to his connection with John Lennon, you see. Is that what? Yes. Has he got no, a connection? No, he's got a very clear connection. He said, he's cre- again, I'm quoting verbatim, his creative birth, Terence Trent Darby, came 18 years later after uh, growing up during a dream that he had on the very night that John Lennon was murdered. December 1980. That's it. I had a premonition, said Terence Trent Darby. I was on a street corner in New York and I saw him coming towards me, John Lennon. As he did, he had his hand out. And he probably said, like, get your hair cut. But no, he he had his hand (laughs) out. And he seemed to recognize me. Then he disappeared into me. Oh, so Terry Strange Darby is the reincarnated soul of John Lennon. Hence, Greatest but, album since Sgt. Pepper. But how can that happen? Because John Lennon was born in 1940 and he was born in 1962. Okay, he came into his body in, in 1980 as he died, right? Yes, yes. They were separate souls and then they were joined souls oh, and then they wow. were some other that's, soul. That's <laughs> a new one. But, of course, he changed his name later on as Sananda Maitreya. Yes. Uh, and he adopted a new name. Why? Well, interesting story. He had to because if he wasn't, he was going to die because... He was asked in this Guardian interview, why did you change your name? When you have a psyche that's no longer functional Mm -hmm. and Terence Trent Darby, which isn't his real name either. I think he's Howard. His surname is Howard. Terence Howard, I think, yeah. When you have a psyche that's no longer functional, you petition, petition, Mm. another psyche. You either die, you kill yourself, or you think, no, I've got more to do, so I'll change my name to Sananda Maitreya. Yes. (laughs) And as a result of that, he has released all subsequent material because Terence Trent Darby mm. is dead. Yeah. He's released all subsequent material under Sanada Matreya, which apparently means something in Sanskrit. He thinks it does, but Sanskrit scholars have said, no, it actually means something completely <laughs> different, but let's that, annoy that. Right. And so two years ago, he has produced lots and lots of albums mm. under this name. Unfortunately... Not so successful. None, two years ago, he brought out what he believed was his magnum opus, it was a almost new, as good as Sergeant Pepper. Almost as good as Sergeant Pepper. Maybe Revolver yeah, yeah. or Rubber Soul, <laughs> Abbey Road. Abbey Road, yeah. You know, White so album. Late 2017, new album. It was called Prometheus and Pandora. Of course it was. That rolls off the tongue. Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> Prometheus and Pandora. Written, arranged, produced, performed, and conceived like it's a baby <laughs> by Sananda <laughs> Maitreya. Right? By the artist formerly known as Terry Terrence <laughs> Darby, formerly known as Terence Howard. Right? <laughs> a fifth, wait for this, a 53 track, right? <laughs> 53 track smorgasbord 53? of rock. Why not 54? I know. I, I, get it right. Get it right, Terry Tread Darby, Sananda Maitreya. <laughs> 53 track smorgasbord of rock, funk, soul, jazz, and psych. 
Prometheus and Pandora. Written and arranged, produced by John Lennon. <laughs> by Sananda Maitreya, channeling the spirit of John Winston Ono Lennon. <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, Terence Trent Darby still lives here on Money FM, and we're going to play Wishing Well. This Bless has him. been our pop culture segment <laughs> with Neil Humphreys on Money FM. Wish me love, wishing well to kiss and tell. 